The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Today we are in part three of our series on Stoppable. We, we started in part one, we explained how we need to checkmate the internal show stoppers. And last week in part two, we looked at the power of, of we, the power of we. Today in part three, we will be looking at you are unstoppable. You are unstoppable. We are going to read um, um, Numbers 23 from verse 1 to 30 and Numbers 24, 10 to 11. It's, it's, it's an interesting read. and it's a, I mean, we as children of God to cultivate the habit of just reading the Bible. The background to this story is that um, the children of Israel were going on their way, minding their business, you know. Um, and a king felt intimidated by their strength and, and their clout. And the king now felt that he needed to stop them. And he wanted to hire a, a prophet to curse them. And that's where we uh, take the reading from today. Numbers 23 from verse 1. Then Balaam, the prophet, said to Balak, the king, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. Balak followed his instructions and the two of them sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stand here by your burnt offerings and I will go and see if the Lord will respond. To me. Then I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So Balaam went alone to the top of a bare hill, and God met him there. Balaam said to him, I have prepared seven altars, and I've sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. And the Lord gave Balaam a message for the king, Balak. Then he said, go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all the officials of Moab. This was the message Balaam delivered. Balak summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? I see them from the clifftops. I watch them from the hills. I see a people who live by themselves, set apart 
from other nations. Who can count Jacob's descendants as numerous as dust? Who can count even a fourth of Israel's people? Now, listen to the man they said should curse God's people. He says, let me die like the righteous. Let my life be like them. Everyone that is incensed against you will eventually want to be on your side. In the mighty name of Jesus. Then the king Balak demanded of Balaam, what have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them. But Balaam replied, I will speak only the message that the Lord puts in my mouth. Then Balak, the king, told him, All right, all right. Come with me to another place. There you will see another part of the nation of Israel, but not all of them. Cause at least that many. So Balak took Balaam to the plateau of Zophim, of Pisgah Peak. He built seven altars there and offered a young bull, a ram, on each altar. Then Balaam said to the king, Stand here by your burnt offerings while I go over there to meet the Lord. And the Lord met Balaam and gave him a message. Then he said, go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings with all his the officials of Moab. What did the Lord say? Balak asked eagerly. Are you enjoying the story so far? Cool. This was the message Balaam delivered. Rise up, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Listen, I have received a command to bless. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. God's blessings on your life is irreversible. In the name of Jesus. No misfortune is in his plans. For Olufemi Monet. No misfortune is in his plans for you. No misfortune is in his plans for God's favorite house. No trouble is in store for us. For the Lord, their God is with them. He has been proclaimed their king. God has brought them out of Egypt. For them, he is a strong, he's as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Olufemi Munei. No curse can touch you. No magic has any power against Israel. Now, it will be said of us, what wonders God has done for Israel these people rise up like a lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They refuse to rest 
until they have feasted on prey, drinking the blood of the slaughtered. Then Balak said to Balaam, Fine. <laughs> but if you won't curse them, at least don't bless them. <laughs> Not only are you uncursable, your blessings are irresistible. In the name of Jesus. But Balaam replied to Balak, didn't I tell you that I, I can only do what the Lord tells me? <laughs> then the king Balak said to Balaam, come, I will take you to one more place. Can you please take it back? Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them from there. So Balak told Balaam, took Balaam to the top of Mount Peor, overlooking the wasteland. Balaam again told Balak, build me seven altars and prepare seven young bulls and seven rams for me to sacrifice. So Balak did as Balaam ordered and offered a young bull and a ram on each altar. Verse 30. By the time you get to chapter 24, what now happened was that Balaam couldn't resist. He didn't even bother inquiring from God. He just broke out in prophecy and began to, he first introduced himself as um, um, ba Balaam, the one that sees a vision without closing his eyes, <laughs> and began to bless God's people and bless God's people. By the time we, 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 we get to verse 10, King Balak flew into a rage against Balaam. He angrily clapped his hands and shouted, I called you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them three times. Now get out of here. <laughs> Go home. I promise to make you rich. I promise to reward you richly. But the Lord has kept you from your reward. May God keep you from every reward of Balak. You see, because it's not every reward that you should take. Some rewards are meant to truncate your destinies. And it is your duty not to take them. And I'm praying that God will keep you from them. Amen. And keep the, such rewards away from you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. So we see here that the children of Israel, they've done nothing, really. They were just going. They were minding their business like Lagos children. 
And the only reason they are being attacked, at least they hadn't attacked Moab at the time. In verse 5 of Numbers 22, we see that the only reason they have been attacked was, was because um, Balak felt threatened. That is all. He just felt threatened. And see, many people feel that, oh, I don't have enemies as long as I don't wish anybody bad. As long as, so, I mean, I, mean, I leave the devil alone, the devil leaves me alone. It doesn't work like that. All you need is for someone to feel threatened by you. Excuse me, how can you control that? That is, that is all you need. That is all you need. Yes, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. However, even God, the maker of the heavens and earth, cannot operate on earth without a human vessel. God always needs people to work. That's how it is. The spiritual cannot come on earth without the permission of man. We've explained that before. The same thing, demon spirit. Principalities and powers, they cannot operate on earth without a priesthood. They need human agents. While we wrestle against the spirits, we love the people and we pray that they change. But anyone that insists on blocking your way to your destiny will be crushed. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Because how can you... Stop people from, people, a lot of people have inferiority complex. How can you stop them from being threatened? You are beautiful, they are threatened. You are tall, they are threatened. You are short, they are threatened. They are calling you short man devil. <laughs> you are, I mean, you are, you are slim, they are threatened. You are fat, they are threatened. Robust. They will, I mean, they are, so there's nothing. You are daft, they are threatened. You are intelligent, they are threatened. <laughs> you are living an ordinary life, they are threatened. You are living an extraordinary life, they are threatened. Don't apologize for the life God has given you. Don't apologize for it. God has given you a beautiful wife. Bounce around with her. God has given you an handsome husband. Drag him everywhere. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Don't apologize for it because you can't stop people. And that's just what this, that's just their sin. Their sin is, they are, they are being great. You have siblings, they are beef, they are, they, are, they are fellow siblings. Because he's being great or she's being great. There's nothing you can do about that. Nothing you can do about it. But we see that the concept of warfare is not, you see, people say, oh, pastor, it is, in, it is in the Old Testament that God always, you know, responds with, with fire. In the New Testament, we are to love our enemies. Yes, we are. But you see, when we take a stand spiritually, the stand is a spiritual stand. When people willfully crosses it, it is up to them. It's up to you. When you 
have a high-tension cable and it's labeled high-tension. And somebody willfully grabs it and begins to dance. Is it your fault? It can't be your fault. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, you know, years ago, one of my brothers is, said to me that, he used to say to me that, ah, Pastor Femi, why is it so, it's always fierce and, you know, and all that, you know, the devil, yes, the devil's a bad guy, but, you know, if you leave the devil alone, he will leave you alone, you know, then uh, life happened. Then he called me and said, ah, it's true, the devil is a bastard. <laughs> I said, of course he is. Anyone that will lift up his eyes against his maker is a bastard. Praise the name of the Lord. And everybody else that aligns with him. Second Thessalonians 1.6, in case you want a New Testament <laughs> scripture. You know, God says in, in his word, Second Thessalonians 1.6 says, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those that trouble you. That's in the New Testament. You can't erase it. If you erase it from your Bible, it's still in my Bible. So, contend with them that contend with me is not, it's not a, an Old Testament concept. It, it is a scriptural concept, consistent in scripture. So when we look at this story, we can learn a few things from these unstoppable people and how God actually made them unstoppable. So what can we learn from this drama that we have just read? What can we learn? A few things. Number one, we can learn, or I can learn and you can learn, I don't need to know most of the battles that God fights for me. I don't need to know most of the battles that God fights for me. Did you know that the children of Israel did not even know that this was going on? They had no clue. They had no clue that, that people were trying to curse them. They were setting up seven altars. There are many of you here, the number of altars, that negative altar, your name has been on. You don't, if they tell you, you will faint. This, this is a total of seven in three places. 27. <laughs> but they didn't even know. They were just eating and drinking and just enjoying life. I mean, you know, so there, there are many things that God is doing for us that we have no clue about. There are many battles God is fighting for us that we are oblivious of. In Psalm 3, verse 5, it says, I lay down and slept, yet I woke up in safety. Why? For the Lord was watching over me. What is it to watch over a child? What is it to watch over a child? You are watching over that child. Or you have a video camera in the child's room. And you are watching the child from work from home. 
that is, you are paying attention to every move of the child. The same thing with God. Now, question. How many people here can tell me how many times they've slept this year? 2016 is coming to an end. How many times have you slept and woken up? Put up your hand. I know how many times. Even if you count the days, which you don't even, some of you are still counting the days. Some of you slept, some days you slept three times. Some days you slept twice. Some days you slept five times. You're just sleeping and waking up. <laughs> so you, you, you can't really count. And, and the Bible says, we lay, the only reason you lay down, you slept, and you woke up, is simply because God was watching over you. Praise the name of the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord, if it had not been for the Lord, many times when you sit down and you grumble, sometimes it's because you don't know what God is doing on your behalf. When God's got your back, there's no need to fret. No need to fret. When God fights your battles, you can't be rattled. There's no reason to be rattled. No reason. To be anxious, no reason. When God fights your battles, because there are so many of them that are going on that you have no clue of. Psalm 91 verse 5 to 10 says, You will not fear the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day. There are arrows flying by day. Do you know that? nor the pestilence that stalk in the darkness, nor the plague that destroy in midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked if you make the Lord your refuge. If you Make the most high your dwelling. No arm will come near you. No arm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your dwelling. So God is saying, if you make me your covering, if you make me your habitation, you can go to sleep. So the first thing that I see here is that I don't need to know most of the battles God fights for me. The second thing that jumps out at us that we can learn from the story of being unstoppable is that in the place of curses, God brings blessings. In the place of curses, God brings blessings. He replaces curses with blessings. With blessings. He replaces curses with blessings. Verse 11 of number 23 that we read. The king <laughs> demanded, what have you done? I have brought you to curse my enemies. Instead, you have blessed them. Every curse that has been issued concerning you will be replaced with a blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. There will be spiritual substitution of every curse with a blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Number three, thing that jumps us at out at us is that is it like corollary of, of number two is that when I have God's blessings I don't need to be afraid of the enemy's curses 
When I have God's blessings, I don't need to be afraid of the enemy's curses. Numbers 22, 12. It says, but God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. There's no reason to be afraid of people that want to curse you because you have been blessed. And if you have not been, you will be today in the name of Jesus. There's no reason to fret because you have been blessed. There's no reason to be afraid. If someone tries to curse you, you should just laugh. You should laugh. That's not the time to start calling prayer warriors. Oh, what's the, what's the number of the prayer warrior in church? Uh, this person just, I want you also to cancel. Let us agree. Let us, no, 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 no. It's ignorance. It's darkness. The pastor is ignorance? Yes, it is. Uh, let me explain this. Light. exists and represents the source of blessings. Darkness only exists when there is no light and represents the source of curses. You can generate light by prayer. And you can generate light by revelation. When you combine, when you have a combined light of revelation and prayer, you are unstoppable. But you see, the challenge with a lot of Christians is this. We only generate light with prayer. So when prayer goes down, what happens? The light goes down. So you need to keep it, which is fine, it's fantastic. But you see, the light you generate by revelation, whether you are sleeping or you are awake, it's bright. Revelation, we saw. Ah, am I speaking over your head? Are you, are you getting this? So revelation, getting light by revelation. When, when somebody wants to curse you, you, you are not... Possible. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let's go on. I'm sure it will get clearer as, as, as we go on. So number, number three, when I have God's blessings, I don't need to be afraid of the enemy's curses. Number four. Number one, what's number one? I don't know most of the battles God fights for me. Number two, in the place of curses, God brings blessings. Number three, amen. And number four, since God is for me, no force can actually stop me. Since God is for me, no force can 
stop me. Since God is for me. I'm, I'm going to speak in, in coded terms. <laughs> there was a time someone that was very occultic went to meet his priests, occult priests, and said, that boy, I want you to do A, B, C, D, E, F to him. And the occult priest said to him, ah, that boy, you have to go and beg him. Those kind of people, eh? You know, it's begging with beg. Praise the name of the Lord. And meanwhile, I was sleeping. Then he came. He says, eh, eh, They say I should come and beg you. And who says you should come and beg me? Listen. When God is for you, we learned last week, it's not a question of who is going to let me. The question is, who is going to stop me? When God is for you, the question is not, who is going to allow me to fulfill my destiny? The question is, who, is, who exactly is going to stop me from fulfilling my destiny? That is the question. Numbers 23, 21 says, no misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel, for the Lord their God is with them, and he has proclaimed, he has been proclaimed as their king. So God is saying to you, relax. There's no misfortune in plan for you. There's no misfortune in plan for you. Call your name. There's no misfortune in plan for you. Many times we wake up and we're like, what? We think that." Something bad is going to happen. Some people, that's how they live their life. They are waking up ex expecting the bad things to happen. God is saying, there's no such plans for you. Praise the name of the Lord. It says, it says no trouble is in store for Israel. There is no trouble in store for you. <laughs> you know? Just like the wife says to the husband, oh, how are you, darling? And she's been nice. And the guy freezes up. And his heart is pounding. Why? And then she's like, oh, why? What, what's the matter? He's like, what do you want? <laughs> what is the trouble that you want to make? Now, sometimes we expect trouble from our relationships. We expect trouble from our lives. But God is saying, don't expect trouble from me. There's no trouble in store for you. There's no trouble in store for you. That's what he's saying. And Numbers 23, 23, he says, no cause can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob. See what God has done. There is no enchantment against you. Neither is there any divination against you. You know, I've, I've shared this, this story before. 
long time ago, some time ago, you know, for the cause of Christ, you know, I stepped on um, the toes of certain people and the head of the group is a satanic priest. And he said publicly that he has cost himself, not me, and that he gives me five years then, how many years ago, to live. <laughs> so, so the people that were that heard it, they were afraid. They came to me. They were shaking. I said, I said, why are they afraid? You know, he says, ah, this guy, he said, I said, I said this, I said that. We need to pray. I said, pray what? There's no need to pray. I said, five years is too long, by the way. Why is he saying five years? Why didn't he say three days? Does he want to say five years so that when everybody has forgotten? <laughs> but again, I didn't take it lying down. Tackled it in the spirit. I will, I, I will cut it short. If you remember that story, you know all that happened in the spirit realm and how God gave us victory. Blah, 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 blah. Bottom line, but I kept watch and I started counting. Year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. At the fifth year, practically his only son was shot dead in Surulere. At the fifth year. Why? Because the cost could not alight on me. And when it rose and rose, I couldn't alight. Where will it go back to? Goes back. You see, if you see a Christian that is afraid, is is honestly, I know we grew in Revelation, but it's a shameful thing for you to be a Christian and be afraid. You get a news of of of, of satanic attack. You want to pray, it's good to pray, but you see, listen, it's the, the force of revelation in you should produce light that will eradicate the darkness. Praise the name of the Lord. Why you should sustain your altar of prayer, don't get me wrong. But when you are sleeping, it's your altar of revelation that is speaking. What do you know? What do you know? We know that since God is for us, no force can stop us. Praise the name of the Lord. Number five, from this story, beautiful story, we can see that you are unstoppable because God is reliable. That's why you are unstoppable. You're not unstoppable because you are strong or you are powerful or you are smarter than everybody. No, 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 no. You are unstoppable because your God is reliable. Is reliable. Verse 19 of Numbers 23, God says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human, so he does not change his mind. And he goes on to say, has he spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? David, relating his experience of God, he says, I have been young and now I am getting old. Yet, 
yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Or his seed, do what? Beg for bread. I've not seen the righteous forsaken. Or his seed. You know what God said to concerning David? I think it's Jeremiah um, 30 or something. 20 to 22. God said concerning David that if my covenant with his son can be broken. In other words, if you wake up one day and they say that the son has been arrested, he's now in jail, it cannot shine anymore. He says, then my covenant with Olufemi Munei will be broken. Praise the name of the Lord. Then my covenant with my people will be broken. Do you understand? I'm just personalizing it, you know. That my covenant with my people, with David, will be broken. You know what that means? It means that every time I see the sun, the the way I'm smiling, you know, two people can see the sun and and they get different messages. So people can see the sun and say, oh, this sun again. Is it until somebody becomes black? Another person can see the sun and says, oh, it's summertime. Take off all their clothes and lie down on sand. But when I see the sun, I say the covenant is still in place. It's still in place. It's still in place. It is, you see, God put those things in place so that you can, you, you will have daily witnesses. As long as it remains, that covenant of life remains. God is reliable. It does not expire. Number six. So what's number one? Number one, I don't know most of the battles God fights for me. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five, amen. And number six is this, so powerful, (laughs) them are so powerful. If the enemy cannot curse you, the enemy cannot stop you. If the enemy cannot curse you, listen from the story, it's clear, the enemy cannot stop you. There's nothing as powerful as being under God's covering. When you're outside of the reach of the enemy, there's nothing as powerful as that. When you are uncursable, Numbers 23, 20, it says, I received a command to bless. God has blessed. I cannot reverse it. Now, you know, the, the people of this world, they, they kind of are pretty smart. The king saw that he had an enemy. He didn't call his generals first and start out by attacking the Jews. The first thing he did was to call the prophet to put a curse on the people. Why? Because he knows that except they are cursed, they cannot be stopped. 
except God removes his hand. These people are unstoppable. And at this point, if you look at what is happening in the life of the Jews, they were literally in rebellion. At this time, when, when the, everybody in the world were afraid of them, when they are so strong and powerful, they were literally living in rebellion. God had said to them, enter the promised land. They have refused to enter the promised land. God said, okay, you know what? You are going to um, parambulate for 40 years. And, 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 you know, and they started, you know, just remind. So they were not, in, if you will, in the perfect will of God for their lives. Just before then, if you read, I think, chapter 20, from verse chapter 20, you will see that these people were even worshipping the brass serpent. And God had to deal with them. So they, they were not, they were not, they didn't have everything together. Yet, the, the, the people see, saw them as powerful. Yet the prophet said, this, I want to be like these people. Yet, God declared them righteous. Praise the name of the Lord. If you, if you look at Numbers 23 to 24, we're not going to read it. It talks about how strong and how powerful these people are. Yet, God was still dealing with them. Yet, there were things in their lives that God was tackling. There were things in their lives that God was sorting out. There were things in their lives that God was dealing with. Yet, God declared them righteous. You see, the, 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 the key thing here for you and I is this. As children of God, and you need to get this. As children of God, what is between you and God is between you and God. Is your father. Is your father. You see, God is not going to push you out to the dogs because he's dealing with you on that issue. No. You know, that's, that's, that's where we get it wrong. We, we think that, that God is just one, one angry man that has a whip in his hands. No, he isn't. Yes, he's dealing with you on that issue. Yes, he doesn't like what you have done. Yes, he's, he's correcting you. But when the enemy comes, he says, I will protect you as the apple of my eyes. In other words, my protection of you is based on reflex. I don't even think about it. You are my prized possession. So, what is between me and God is between me and, and God. Those of us that are parents, if your child has done something wrong, and you are, you are chastising the child, does that mean that if you see you are driving by Todd Bridge, you will pack and you will throw him inside the... No, you won't do... I mean, if you won't do that... If, you, if, you, if your children, let's say you're in a place and, 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 and there, there's a lot of attacking in an area and you're, you're still disciplining your son, you will, because of that, open him up to attack. And God is saying, if you that are natural, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more me? Don't you think I'm better than you? Don't you think I'm gooder than you? Don't you think 
You know, I remember growing up, you know, I mean, my mom was here yesterday uh, for the first service, and uh, I mean, those of us that were here, we saw her. <laughs> and I was saying that I wasn't, I mean, I was just, I wasn't, uh, <laughs> let's say I wasn't the most obedient child. <laughs> if you wake her up from the sleep, from her sleep, and you ask her, you have six children, which of your children gave you the most trouble? She doesn't need to think. She just call my name and go back to sleep. <laughs> but you see, even though I, I, I used to give her a lot of trouble, my mom would never throw me out to the dogs. I remember an incident. We were young, I mean, we were going to church on the Sunday morning. We were, I was, I remember very clearly on the Kurodi Road, I was wearing this Agbada as a little boy. <laughs> you know, now, I don't remember exactly what happened. Maybe, you know, we, we, we were a lot, you know, we were family, my mom, my grandmother, you know, six children, three, four cousins, you know, a battalion. So we were on the Kurodi Road, we were on the pan, we wanted to cross to the other side of the road. I don't know what happened. Maybe I thought somebody started crossing. Or maybe I saw that there was a gap. I'm like, why are these people waiting? You know, sometimes I do that. I'm like, when I was small, I'm like, why are they waiting? I just cross. I don't know what, which of the two happened. Everybody, we were supposed to be holding each other, right? All I knew was I found myself in the middle of the express road. Cars were coming. Everybody else were there. You know what my mother did? She jumped into the express road. She didn't even think. Tell me, she jumped into the express road. You know, everybody else was panicking. I didn't know what to do. I, I don't want to go forward. I don't want to go back. You know, I was confused. And now I have a heavenly father. That loves me far more than my mother can ever love me. You have a heavenly father. What, what makes us think that God will throw us out to the dogs? He won't. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Romans 4, 7 say, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience have been forgiven. Whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, your cousin may still be calling you by your sinful name. Yes, your brother may still be looking at you as one useless guy. Yes, your little cousin that saw you did that horrible thing may still be calling you. But listen, God says, yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Your record is cleared of sin. The enemy comes and says, oh, but he did this. Oh, but she did that. God says, wait, let me check. No record. Cleared. Cleared. So, you are unstoppable because you are uncursable. But remain uncursable. You are uncursable. Remain uncursable. I want you to read Numbers 25 when you get home. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. After Balaam had, had, 
I tried to curse God's people, and, and, and he couldn't, and he began to bless them and bless them. And Balak, Balak said to him, okay, go home. I wanted to make you rich. God has withdrawn you from being a rich man. Go and be eating your gari there, you know. Tell me to do what I've told you to do. And Balak gave, Balaam gave Balak the secret. In Revelations, in, 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 in Numbers 25, it wasn't explicitly stated, but if you read Revelations, it is clear what Balaam did. Balaam said to Balak, their God loves them too much. That love is, this, is the strength. That love is also the weakness. God loves them so much that you can't curse them. There's nothing you can do. But if you make them sin against him, he himself will destroy them. Because God is a jealous God. Oh yes, God has emotions. God, God loves, God gets angry. God is patient. God is a jealous God. And God did not change after Old Testament. You know, some people think, oh, the God of the New Testament is a born-again God. I've heard that before. He used to be bad in the Old Testament. Now he's now saved. <laughs> what changed is the access to God. God remains the same. So, so listen, if he was holy in the Old Testament, guess what? He's holy in the New Testament. If he was just in the Old Testament, he's what? He's just in the New Testament. If he was jealous in the Old Testament, guess what? Still jealous over his own people. So, so Balak went to the Ammonites, his, his people, the Moabites, and they got all their babes and they threw the babes into the camp of Israel and the men of Israel went berserk committing fornication and adultery to the point of, you know, worshipping, they would take them to the altars of their God and God was angry and God, a plague broke out. And when Moses and the people of the elders were still in the solemn assembly, the Bible says they were still begging God and asking God to stay his hand of judgment. Some guy still carried a Moabite girl into a camp. He must be drunk. Of course, I don't know. And Phinehas, I think. Is it Phinehas? He took the javelin and stabbed both of them into the ground. Stick meat. And the Bible says, God said, Phinehas has turned my rot away. But guess what? 25,000 people have died. What, what Balaam could not do? What Balak could not do? What, they couldn't do anything. 
until the people offended their God. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will not offend God. I'm praying for you. That's which you will do that will make God angry. You will not do it. In the name of Jesus. Because if, if, if God is for you, nobody can be against you. But guess if God is against anyone, Praise the name of the Lord. So if you cannot be stopped in the spiritual, you cannot be stopped in the physical. Uh, number seven. The enemy of your destiny is relentless. You, you and I need to learn that. We need to know that the enemy of our destiny is relentless. But if we keep failing, in the name of Jesus. Verse 27 of Numbers 23, it says, Then Balak, King Balak, said to Balaam, Come, I will take you to one place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them from there. It was, it was relentless. It was relentless. Did you notice that every time Balaam said to him, he was a king. He said to him, stand here beside your sacrifice. And he goes to the mountain. He didn't say how long he was at the mountain. Every time he came back, Balak was standing. He was on his feet. Some people say, oh, pastor, can I sit down? Can't we do this prayer while I'm sitting down? It's getting long. Balak was on his feet. Every time. And because he was on his feet, all his officials were on their feet. Relentless. Relentless. Totally relentless. And the, the reason is because he probably knows something that the children of God did not know, maybe. In verse 4 of Numbers 22, he says, The king of Moab said to, to, to the Midian, This mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. They are so powerful. Sometimes the people that know that you are powerful are your enemies. They are afraid of you, but you are also afraid of them. I wonder why. Is it because you don't know who you are? Beginning from today, God will open your eyes to who you really are. So the enemy will try to get some leverage over us, but it will fail. His motto is to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. His aim is ultimately to destroy. But guess what? If he can't destroy, he will try and kill. If he can't kill, he will try and steal. But he will not be able to destroy, kill, or steal from you in the name of Jesus. The mistake some people make, and I've seen it over time, is that when they win, they stop the enemy from destroying them. They stop the enemy from killing them. And the enemy steals something. Say, oh. the, the kind of nonchalance that, okay, let him steal something. That's his business. No, 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 no. It's a big mistake. You know why? Because he is never satisfied. You cannot appease him with stuff. So if you allow him to get one leg in, you think he should be content, Abby? He, no, 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 no. He wants to steal everything. 
And you think, okay, if he steals everything, he should be content. No, 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 no. He wants to kill. You think if he kills, he be content. No, no, no. He's not content until he destroys. So you have to make sure he doesn't even get a cobble from you. Not a cobble to be stolen. Everything stolen will be restored. In the name of Jesus. So verse 13 says, the king told him, come with me to another place. Can you see that? <laughs> there you will see another part of the nation. But not all of them. At least cost, cost this small one. Yes, the cost cannot enter all of them. But just, just cost this small section. Slow them down. If the enemy cannot stop you, he will try to slow you down, but he will keep failing in Jesus' name. If he cannot stop you, he says, oh, you are too anointed. Can I just reduce your anointing? Small. No, 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 no. Not allowed. Full blown. All the time. In the name of Jesus. And eight, finally. Blessed is everyone that blesses me. Cursed is everyone that curses me. Blessed is everyone that blesses you. Cursed is everyone that curses you. I mean, that's, we see here, God is, <laughs> was speaking and he's saying, like a lion, Israel crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares arouse her? Blessed is everyone who blesses you, O Olufemi Munei. Blessed is everyone who blesses you, O God's baby house. And cursed is everyone who curses you. It's the same Genesis 12 blessing on Abraham. The same came on the children of Israel. The same was on Jesus. And through Christ, through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the same has come to us as children of the living God. So if somebody blesses you, the person is blessed. If somebody curses you, you should pity the person. That's not the time for prayer meeting. Let the light of revelation shake your, shake your head and say, Oh my shield. In other words, what, what a pity. <laughs> what, a, what a pity. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh. We have the stock that is uncursable. So when somebody curses, you should pity them. When somebody blesses you, you should be grateful. But the truth is, they are not doing you a favor. Because blessed is everyone that blesses you. That's how it is. Praise the name of the Lord. You need to ingest this truth. You need to make sure that the revelation of this truth that we've taught this morning is always flowing in your life. And you will discover that you are unstoppable. Let's burn our hearts and burn our heads. Let's talk to God about what we've heard. You may be here, you're, you're like, Pastor, I need to be on God's side. I need to be born again. 
Yes, you do. Because if the enemy cannot cause you, the enemy cannot stop you. If you cannot be stopped spiritually, you cannot be stopped physically. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I want to become a child of God. I want to give my life to Jesus. Or you used to be born again. You know you are not in sin. Causes are troubling you, left, right, and center. You are saying, Pastor, I want to come out and receive God's blessings. I want to be uncursable. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me. Pray with me. Wherever you are seated, put up your hand now, and I'll pray with you. Over your head. God bless you. If I'm not behind, proper hand well. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you right there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. That is me, Pastor. Put up that hand over your head. And we'll pray together. The rest of us, let's keep talking to God. If you're putting up your hand, put it up well over your head, not on your head. If you're online, the instructions are scrolling. That is me. Pray with me. Every one of us, let's, let's talk to God about what we have heard. Let's determine that the light of revelation of God's word will fill and saturate our lives in the name of Jesus. Okay, let's, God bless you. God bless you. That is me. You can put up your hand. of faithfulness. Thank you for everyone in this place. Thank you for those surrendering their lives to you. Lord, we ask that you draw them to yourself. Change these lives, my Father, and let your name be glorified. Thank you because everyone in this place is uncursable. Blessed is everyone that blesses you. Cursed is everyone that curses you. Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, for His kindness and His mercy.